On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I tell you about the longest run I have ever done. I speak about the idea that I genuinely think this year will be a step change, and I encourage you to ask who, not how. what is going on welcome to this episode number 180 of life and lessons i'm sean spooner and if you're new here here's what you need to know this podcast is the place where i share the lessons i wish i knew sooner think of this as me learning out loud sometimes on my own and sometimes joined by the most interesting people i know the only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play you're going to learn something new. Now, I'll be honest, this is probably going to be quite a quick one. The time is 5pm on Thursday and later on this evening, I'm going to drive back to Corby, which is like a three and a half, four hour drive. So I'm keen to get back as early as possible, not least because it is cold right now. I think the temperature here last night reached minus five. I'm fairly sure it's going to be similar tonight. And to be honest, I just don't want to be driving when it's super cold and super dark. So forgive me if this episode ends up being quite short. Just know that it is so I can avoid the dark and the cold. Um, It's been a busy week since we last caught up, though, to bring you up to speed with what has been happening. So on Saturday, I did my first long run as part of this very condensed down, shortened training block for the first marathon. Of course, if you listened last week, you'll know that this year I'm running four marathons. The first of those is on the 3rd of March, and that does not leave me lots of time to go from having basically not moved for a month since the Milton Keynes Winter Half Marathon in December to having to be somewhat marathon ready before the beginning of March. So I did the first long run on Saturday. It was supposed to be a 18 mile run. It ended up being a 17 mile run because about 14 and a half, 15 miles into it, things just got very difficult. I had a couple of muscles kind of tense up and cramp. And I don't know if you've tried to run any distance whatsoever with like a cramped muscle, but it's not pleasant, let alone uh, two thirds of a marathon, essentially, which is what I was aiming for in that long run. Uh, and then I injured myself, which isn't ideal. I think it's only a very short term, very temporary injury. It's just an overtraining injury on the tendon on the side of my right foot. I don't know what the name of the tendon is, but I think it's just become, uh, inflamed and swollen through overuse from that run. And so walking was near impossible between like Sunday and Wednesday, but I seem to be okay today. It still hurts. I haven't managed to do any runs, which is not ideal. And I'm not sure whether I'm going to be able to do this Saturday's long run, which is only supposed to be 16 miles, only 16 miles, but it's only supposed to be 16 miles. So I might be able to give it a go and take it easy. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm minded to maybe skip this week's long run and see how I feel on Monday. Because I mean, look, either way, the, the training block for this first marathon isn't optimal. So I think that between the options of potentially injuring myself and not being able to do it or being even slightly less prepared because I have to skip a long run in the process of getting to that start line on the 3rd of March. I think the more sensible of those two options, and I may disagree with myself when I'm four hours into the run in March, but I think the more sensible of those options is to just avoid the injury. So who knows, but that is 
what Saturday looked like. And then Sunday, jumped in the car and went to London to meet with a couple of people, including a new client, looked around a trade show. And then Monday, was still in London, traveled back to Wales on Tuesday, sorry, Monday evening. Tuesday, met with somebody in Bristol, then back to Wales. And then yesterday and today, I've just been in the office working through essentially an entire week's worth of work because I haven't really been around a lot in the office this week. Uh, And then driving back to Corby tonight, like I say, and then tomorrow, I think will be a fairly chill one, actually. I've had a really productive couple of days here in the office and sorted out all of the bits that I need to. So tomorrow should be chill. And then I'm going to have a proper weekend off this weekend because we're currently, what, three weeks into January and I literally haven't stopped. And that's been really good. Like I've got so much done in every area of life and I have used momentum to my advantage but I really just need a weekend off which is like the most standard thing for most people but I'm not good at carving out time where I don't do anything I'm great at carving out time where I'm not going to be in the office but then I'm like right I won't go to the office I'll work on the book for six hours or I won't go to the office I'll do a bunch of life admin or whatever it might be this weekend for the first time in three weeks I'm going to try and do really not a lot at all So that is what I've been up to just very quickly, by the way, because a couple of people have asked where the vlog is. And I guess in the part of the podcast where I give you a summary of what my weeks look like, the week that you could have typically seen in the vlog in the past, I thought it'd be good to tell you now the story of the vlog, because I actually filmed a section of the year planning video in that hotel a few weeks ago mentioning my new plan for the vlog and then completely forgot that that was in the middle of the final piece of footage edited it out just thinking that I was waffling and I'm like ah this isn't important let's get this edited and live and then I realized that nobody knows where the vlog is so my plan with the vlog this year mainly because it's a lot of work is to vlog interesting weeks so the vlog is not a weekly vlog it's just a vlog now and when exciting things are happening like travel or meetings or podcasts with big guests or just there is a period of change that I think would be interesting to show you. It'll be weeks like those when I grab the vlogging camera out and record the week and show it to you like that. I don't think anybody got huge value from the weekly vlog because many of my weeks are very similar. I just sit here in the office and work. But on top of that, it was taking the very limited resource I have this year of time away from higher leverage tasks with the content and the book and all of these things that if you listen to my 2024 goals episode of this podcast a few weeks ago, you know are important to me. So the vlog still exists. Do not worry. I'm sure you were very worried. Do not worry. It exists. It will just be here and there every now and then once we've had an exciting week that was worth filming. So speaking about other changes this year, this is kind of one of the big things I want to speak about in this week's episode. This year genuinely feels like it could be a step change in so many areas of life. And I might get to like November and listen back to this episode and feel a bit silly because it might not be. But if you've been here for a while, you'll know that I very often call years kind of foundational. I'm like, oh, it's just another year of building foundations. It's just another year of putting the reps in. And those things will remain true this year. I'm confident of that. I will remain trying my hardest to do things consistently to push things forward. But as I look at the kind of lay of the land for this year, whether it is client projects in the pipeline, whether it is uh, international clients and really big projects that we're exploring over in the US, whether it's 
the podcast and some of the guests who have already said yes this year, two and a bit weeks into January, whether it is uh, a new format for the podcast that I'll speak about shortly, that isn't coming for a while, but it, it would be a important step change or with the content more generally, whether it is the, I guess the output or the frequency of output even, because I found a way, as I'm sure you've noticed, if you follow me anywhere, to produce what I think are fairly high quality videos every single day and post them every single day. Like that in itself, just from a frequency perspective, is a step change. Uh, and then the book, of course, the book, <laughs> by by definition of the fact that it needs to be finished this year and not just this kind of meandering project that I pick up every now and then when I remember, will be a step change. So it feels in a lot of ways this year, like this year is actually going to be really significant. And of course, and this is just because it's in my nature to hedge, of course, there are going to be things that come out of the blue that derail that, right? There are going to be things that I can't even anticipate, which might get in the way of this year or make it more difficult or more challenging or whatever it might be. But as I look forward to this year and I compare the goals that I set out in that hotel a few weeks ago and the goals that I shared with you on this podcast a few weeks ago, along with the progress which has already been made. And then crucially, this is the really, really important thing because I'm not suggesting that a year like what this one is likely to be like comes out of nowhere. When I combine that with the four or five years of just blindly consistent foundation building that I have been doing, whether that is in my skills and abilities, whether that's in my network, whether that is in the processes in the business or the, the client relationships we've built, which will become more fruitful this year, whether it's with the foundational 180 episodes of this podcast, which will allow it to go further, whether it is in the odd talk I've done here and there, which has allowed me to build those skills and push that out further, whatever it might be. This year, if it is the year that I have a funny feeling it's going to be, will not be because of decisions I made this year. It will be because of decisions I made in like 2018 and 19 and 20 and 21 and 22 and 23, right? Those foundational years are incredibly important. And I think probably, if I'm honest, the last year that is in some way comparable to where I think this year will go would have been 2019, where I'd kind of built the foundation over a couple of years of like fiddling with the business thing and trying this and that. And, you know, as when I, I kind of took the business more seriously for the first time. It's where I took my health more seriously for the first time. It's probably when I hit record on my first ever very early pieces of content. And of course, this year isn't going to be that year because everything's much bigger and more ambitious now as it should be. That's a good thing. But I think that it's going to be a year comparative with that year from a step change perspective. And I tell you this just because I think that's really exciting, right? If you followed along for years, on this podcast. You probably heard me say, oh, I was in the office this week and then I did some meetings and then I went for a run and da 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 da. Like that's going to remain. But because of that consistency in almost every area of my life, I genuinely think this year is going to buck the trend. It's not just going to be a uh, foundation building year. It's going to be in many ways a year when I kind of cash in the leverage that all of that consistency has afforded me, I think. And like I say, I might sound silly in a few months' time because it might all go to pot. Like that is an absolute possibility. However, as I look at things right now, I just think that it's going to be a very, very interesting year. And so I'm excited to share it with you. And then the very last thing I want to talk about today briefly, and I mentioned this in my year 
planning episode as well, is the idea of who, not how. Now, I said that I learned this from Paul Moore. What I didn't know when I said that is that there's also a book of the same name that I haven't picked up. It's by the same author as The Gap and The Gain, which is one of the books I'm reading right now. So I don't want to be reading two of their books at once, but I'm fairly sure that the way Paul explained it is essentially everything I need to know about reading the book, which is that each time you're faced with something new that you want to do in life. So the examples for me would be like scaling the podcast or the content or the book or the business or whatever, right? Don't ask, how do I do it? ask who do I know who has already done it, right? Who, not how. Because how involves a whole lot of fumbling around and guessing and walking off in the wrong direction and trying things which are not going to work and being almost naive to the reality of a challenge. Plus, it contains all of the unknown unknowns, the things that you can't possibly know before you begin, but that you need to know at some point to eventually make progress and move in the right direction, right? Whereas, if you ask who, Who's already done this? Who knows this subject better than anybody I know? Who is a expert in this field, right? Who is the, the person who springs into my mind from my contact book when I think of this thing or that thing? And then you just sit down for half an hour or an hour with that person and have a really open-ended, honest conversation where you're like, look, I want to do X thing and you know lots about X thing what can you tell me? And I've had a couple of those calls so far this month. I'm trying to have at least 12 of them this year just to really uh, make sure that I'm being guided, for want of a better word, in the right direction in areas of life that it would be better to ask who, not how in. Uh, one of them was with Sam from Acast, a good friend of mine who I've known for over a decade, which is crazy. We, we spoke about this on the call, like it's crazy how long we've been connected. Uh, and he I essentially asked him, how can I change up the podcast this year to make it more scalable and to grow? Because podcasts are notoriously difficult to grow. They live in a closed ecosystem where there's no discoverability. And he came up with some simple, but really, really solid and really interesting ideas on how to shift the podcast forward this year. A single idea of his, actually, I'm I'm really, really excited about. I've been speaking with a few friends about it this week, and it's probably something that I will start actioning next month, but you won't hear about it until March is my guess. I have a feeling I'm going to go ahead with it. And I have a feeling that the first time you hear about this thing will be on the 4th of March. That's my current working assumption. But this is all to say, this isn't me updating you on the podcast. That will come at another point once I've actioned this stuff. This is all to say that there are probably things that you want to get done this year. And they are new to you. You don't know the, the kind of lay of the land. You don't know how to go about even beginning this thing. But there is nothing wrong with admitting that. And there is nothing wrong with asking for help. In fact, what I found so far is people who are really well versed in an area want to help. They want to pass on the knowledge they have. They want to help nudge you forward and take you on the journey that they have been on. And so if there is something that you want to improve in your life this year, whether it is your health or your physique or your finances or your career or your hobby or your art or literally anything, you probably have something, whether it's big or small, that you want to improve this year. And because of the internet and because of Instagram, because we're all led to believe that we need to be the best version of ourselves at all times, it's really hard for people to just kind of stick their head up and say, yeah, you know what? I don't know everything there is to know about this. I don't really know what I'm doing. And if you do that, or rather, if you don't do that, you're caused to fumble around for years. 
and get it wrong and make all of the mistakes that you don't need to make and go through all of the discomfort that you don't need to go through and waste all of the time that you don't need to waste. Whereas I am almost confident that you even know somebody already who is very good at the thing that you want to do this year. Or if you don't, you can do a quick search on Instagram or Twitter or Google and find the contact details or the email address of somebody who would be more than happy to sit with you for half an hour on a video call and tell you everything there is to know about beginning or improving the thing you want to begin or improve. And so far this year, that is the the biggest takeaway I've had. I know we're only 18, 19 days in, but like actioning those calls taking the insight from somebody that I could never have come up with myself. I just don't have the experience and I don't have the knowledge and I haven't lived the life that these people have lived to be able to have the knowledge they have, but they can hand that knowledge to you so easily and so quickly and they want to. So you should really, really consider that and maybe even read the book. I haven't read the book. I don't know what it's about. I assume it is about what Paul told me, which is when there is something new that you want to do or a problem that you need to overcome, don't ask, how do I do it? Ask, who do I know who has already done it? Who, not how? Really important. I think that is all I've got time for because I need to pack my bags and leave the office. But thank you as always for listening. I hope you have a good week and I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 181 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 